Hey, what's going on? This is Doug here, even though it barely sounds like me. This is The Doug Show. We'll have the normal intro popping up in a second here, but I am starting to lose my voice here. I'm not 100% sure why. I feel fine. I didn't go and talk a whole lot at a party or a conference or anything like that. A couple days ago, my throat was a tiny bit sore, and then I woke up this morning and I could barely talk. I had to cancel an interview or two, but I still had to record this intro. So don't worry, the whole episode's not going to be like this. However, if you do like this voice, uh, shoot me an email, feedback at tug.show, and maybe I could find a filter to do this all the time. But probably not. I don't think people like this. Maybe you do. wanted to record the intro because there will be a contest. There's a contest in this uh, episode here. Ariel Phoenix, this is an update. She has a new product out, Bulk Publishing AI. She's going to donate a license. It's a really slick product. So this is a you know few iterations from her original bulk publishing framework, but some of the same ideas. You know, you could publish a lot of content. We talk about it during this episode, plus a lot of other stuff. We get sort of a general update. But anyway, there, there will be a link in the show notes and description for the contest. So you'll be able to enter, you'll be able to share it around, all that kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. And I'm going to let my voice rest here. Hopefully I'll be back to uh, my normal hijinks in just a couple days here. But for a little while, I'm just going to let the voice rest. Probably type. I'll type more, spend more time at the keyboard. And let's hear from Ariel. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington. And today we're getting an update from my good friend, Ariel Phoenix. And we've been doing uh, technically a case study for last year, which is 2022. But we haven't caught up in person for all of Q1, which is kind of surprising. But we're going to do uh, kind of a general catch up and an update. And I've been learning and using ChatGPT a lot more. Ariel, I can thank you for uh, continually, I'll just say, uh, encouraging me to check out the AI tools, which I wanted to believe for a long time, but it took um, ChatGPT for everything to click for me. And I think it did for a lot of people too. So Ariel, how's it going today? Oh, good, Doug. Thank you. And um, I'm glad to be one of the people that has, um, you know, convinced you to stick around and, um, and fall in love with AI. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it really was a big difference going from like Jasper, who was one of the front runners and, you know, it was a tool that were, was useful for some people for certain things, but I just couldn't get it to do what I thought people were promising me. And I don't know if it was marketers trying to push an affiliate deal or whatever, but just generally I was having a hard time with it. But with ChatGPT, things are really um, coming around and then just seeing mm. the acceleration of the the tool. So, well, today we, we are going to focus kind of on the AI area, but we're generally going to catch up too because we did work on the case study together, uh, coaching you and you were a student of my course, multi-profit site, and you had a lot going for you ahead of time, but like we worked together all of last year. So, for the people that don't know you, can you give just like a quick intro of who you are and, and what you're doing these days? Uh, my name is Ariel, and I'm a, a niche site. Um, I don't even know what to call myself. I've, I've got plenty of sites. Um, I have shiny object syndrome, which is now starting to serve me well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just been, um, I'm an author. And I've been making money online for quite a few years now. It's the, the main thing I do. So jumped into niche sites in 2021, <clears throat> towards the end of 2021. And ever since, I've just been at the screen. So exploring new things. Okay, cool. And can you give us an idea of, one, how many sites you have? And if you're able to share like revenue uh, traffic numbers, if you kind of know the ballpark, but just so people understand the scope of what you're doing. Yeah, so to sum them all up, that would be quite difficult now. At, when the last time we spoke, I had eight. I had my eighth one. I was 
playing around with um, the last one, seven, which was um, not doing that well, which was what the, the bulk of the case study was about. And then, and I had started eight at the same time. I think that was the last update we done. And um, since then, I've started maybe six more, but that's to test out my um, the, my tool um, that you've you've mentioned before. So I'm um, just experimenting really. But I think my, my site site eight, which is now my main site, my main project, uh, it's just it's at around. 80,000 uh, page views now per month. So that's, that's been growing really well. It's around a year old, maybe 13 months now. Um, but overall, the portfolio, I'm, I'm not sure how much, what traffic we're doing now. Okay. And as far as revenue, can you give us a ballpark or any kind of estimate? Some people don't want to share the revenue, which is, we all respect that, but I always like to ask yeah. so you could explain it. Yeah, so the total, I don't have more, I don't have any sheets up at the moment, but um, the total portfolio is earning around six, $6,000 a month. And that's ad revenue, affiliates, um, digital products has been, that's, that's um, done a lot recently. Um, so yeah, that, those are the niche sites, uh, around, yeah, five to 6,000. Um, and that's, at site eight is actually contributing to just over 2,000 to that. So that's a, a big earner in the in the portfolio. Okay. And that's a great example. So people often ask probably um, you, th the channels that you watch uh, on Twitter, which I, I don't really participate in, but they're probably like Google's bananas, uh, Amazon sucks, <laughs> um, <Yeah>. everything's really <laughs> hard, everything's saturated, should I even try to do anything, which sounds so uh, depressing, but... <laughs> you can actually start a site. So you said this site is about 13 months old. You're getting 80,000 page views per month and it's making like $2,000 a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, granted, it's not easy. You had experience yeah. and launched, uh, unfortunately, far too many sites ahead of that. But the point yeah. is you were learning and making mistakes and getting better yeah. across um, the last, whatever, two and a half years or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also that site is, that's the front-loading content approach that I've taken where I wanted to throw everything at the wall. I think I was inspired by Charlie. I think there was somebody before him that it was just at the beginning of the time where people started putting more, way more content on. So initially it was 30 articles, 100 was a lot, and then people started going crazy with it. So I said to myself, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to put a thousand articles on this site as soon as possible. So it does have 1,200 um, articles. Um, and I guess if you divide that up, it's not, it's not doing that well, but with sure. the volume, it's, um, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that because that's what I had, I had hoped to do with it. Perfect. And I mean, people did it for a long time. Yeah, and I know my I I did it, I did it. It, oh, it was you, I think it was a video in 2016 or 17. I published 200 articles okay. in five months. That was back in the day. We used to write it by hand, if you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> actually with a pencil yeah. and paper, and then we would type it in <laughs> with a typewriter. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah, we people published a lot of content. So you really went like really intense and so how were you able to publish that much content um initially i was um i was i did outsource some of it i just outsourced some and, and left it they weren't there was no real planning around it because it's such a broad niche um and then when i did start writing on it i there was a, that method that location method where you can do top 10 x in y um, so I was, I think I paid for a bunch of those and then it wasn't, it wasn't that cost effective because I had to do so many of them. And then I started doing them in a directory style. So I started playing around with programmatic SEO <clears throat> in a way. It's not the programmatic SEO that everybody knows, but, um, I started messing around with it in Google sheets and then putting it in WP all import. And then I was able to do, you know, 10, 20 at a time. And then I started using um, Jasper's Chrome extension to kind of change the 
changed the variables a bit. So it wasn't the same structure. It was, a, you know, it was the same top 10, but I was changing the information around it up a bit more. And, and then I started getting the idea for putting AI in the Google sheet. So it would just make it much easier. I could click and drag. And, and then when I was able to do that, um, it, yeah, I just, I just went crazy with, with the content from there. All right. And that, that's a nice segue because we've talked about some of this stuff before in our 13 other interviews or whatever. Yeah. So you realized that you could create a sheet, a Google sheet that connected to OpenAI's GPT, yeah. I guess, three at the time. So yeah. talk about that. Now you're, you're doing niche sites, but you also have some software that you're working on. It was pretty, I would say, like bare bones, bootstrapped, uh, very minimum viable product sort of design where it literally yeah. was like in Google Sheets. So talk about <laughs> yeah. like putting that together. Do you have a coding background? How did you do it? How's it going now? Yeah, I have zero, zero coding background. Um, how did it, it was never supposed to be a thing. That's why it, it, it was um, in Google Sheets. It was an MVP because it was never supposed to be something that I released to anybody else. It was me playing around with concatenate. So doing what I was doing on site A. And I was so excited about it and I started sharing it more on Twitter. So every time I shared things and I was like, like making these strings of concatenate and I was all excited about it and people were just like, what are you doing? What was she doing? Um, but then I started saying, okay, I've, I've published 20 articles today and people were like, how, how did you do that? How did you do that? So, um, as I, as I started, um, as I started playing around with it more and I went into OpenAI's playground, I could see that you've got um, the prompt. Everybody knows about it now, but you can go in, in playground and then you can save it as JSON or Python, all those different um, types of code. And with the API, you can connect it to all sorts of different things and, and, and do stuff with it. So I reached out to someone on Upwork and I said, hey, this is, I've written these prompts can you turn this into, can you put this in Google Sheets? Um, and also when I went to Brighton SEO, there was, I think that was the turning point for me because I had this, I was already doing the concatenate and I had that concept and I, I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was possible. I wanted to do it, but I didn't know it was possible. And then somebody, I've forgotten who it was, they'd done the presentation and they touched on it and they mentioned, okay, you can do some magic in Google Sheets and you've got app script and from there, you know, so I went back and, and I, I knew exactly what I had to do. So yeah, I reached out to someone and told them what I wanted to do. And it's just grown from there because when I released it, when I told people I was going to do it, they said, I'm going to join your mailing list. I want to know when you do it, when you release it. I don't think they were expecting me to sell it, but um, I had that year I'd also bought two programmatic SEO courses myself and I thought you know if if they they've done it and they've packaged it and then I can I can also do that and put something together so I did that and yeah it was very fish out of water as I say because I was just figuring out how to put a course together but I knew once I got the feedback back I could keep iterating and make it better so that's all I've been doing since then got it okay so couple couple quick things. I think you've found yourself in a bubble because you said a couple of times like everyone knows this now. But yeah. I could tell you that most people don't know this. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about. So we can yeah. back up just a little bit. And okay. if like I'll I'll explain it and you could correct me where I'm wrong. So yeah. on we a lot of people are familiar with ChatGPT. If you create an account over at OpenAI, there is an area where you could talk to the API, which is an application programming interface. So you could like make a call to the API, use GPT for stuff. You can also <laughs> go to, you know, quote, the playground area, which is labeled as such in OpenAI, and they have pre-programmed sort of template. So maybe it's translating something, maybe it's 
summarizing. Maybe it's uh, some other little chat sort of app, like a rudimentary style of chat GPT. Instead of like GPT-4, it would be like GPT-2.5 or 3. So anyway, you can go to the playground, access the templates, which are sort of pre-programmed to do something simple, and then you could customize it however you want. And then you could export the code, which could be JavaScript, Python, or something that can be used elsewhere. Python, you would have to run it from like a Python, um, I guess, environment. Or JavaScript, you could run on a website so people can access it via the web. So is that generally what you're talking about when you say, quote, the playground? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think this, that's the problem. You think that when, when you're doing something for so long, you think everybody knows what that thing is, um, which is the same with blogging and, and these sites. You don't know what you know until you speak to someone who doesn't know much about it. But um, yeah, that's, that's what you do. In Playground, you can start to experiment with um, creating your own tone because that was one of the things about Jasper is you, you start to find this repetitive like you can you can detect it yourself almost. So with um, the playground, you get to kind of hone it and make it your own. And then once you've got that, you can take that prompt, and then it's going to continue to make content and stuff in that style. So, but that and side note, that's how I used to use Jasper. So I think prompting really came into everybody's life when ChatGPT came out. But um, so they weren't really using Jasper in that way. They were just saying write about. X. But if you kind of prompted it the way we now do in ChatGPT, you could get better results that way. So that's what I was doing with it to begin with. In Jasper or the playground? Yeah. Yeah. In Jasper. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the thing is, I don't know, like I, I killed my subscription to Jasper because it was a waste of money in my <laughs> opinion. And I, I yeah. actually I haven't gone back to test it, but I'm not sure what value they can add over what ChatGPT. So do you still pay for Jasper yeah. right now? No, no, I canceled it. That was that was hard as well because I was grandfathered into the original deal. So it was me and my sister. We had two seats and we were paying, I think, $99 a month. So between us, you know, $50 and we had unlimited Osmo. So that was hard to leave. But I think I used it the lot before we canceled. I'd used it once or twice in the month. So it wasn't worth it. I had to cancel. Right. And, and the the point I was getting at is like, I don't even know how I could prompt like, or how I could have prompt Jasper better. It was just like, they were tying my highs, hands behind my back yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> it would like repeat the same sentence over and over again. Yeah. And I'm like, this is pretty much <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah. So, and, and I was starting to earn a little bit of money from the affiliate program, but it's just not worth it to promote. And I think it'll be obvious, hopefully. For people that either they added yeah. like Jasper adds value or it doesn't. And I can see it maybe like if you had a big team and they didn't know how to do the prompt engineering that we're talking about, yeah, that would be great. But you could yeah. set it up with, um, you know, kind of the stuff that you've been working on. So, okay, I, we'll stop bashing Jasper at this point, but <laughs> um, are there any AI tools that you are using right now that you you find helpful? What am I using? Um, no AI writing tools, no, because um, they they slow me down. That's why I thought about um, the other one we mentioned before. I won't mention it, but um, I tried it out and then I felt like I was in Jasper again. I didn't see, because I'm I'm used to my process and I'm doing this bulk thing, going back to in individual tools, it just, it kind of feels like I'm, I'm slow. I'm just completely slowing myself down. I do use ChatGPT. Um, just for conversational stuff. Um, and sometimes I actually use it to put into my sheet. So you can tell it to do, to write, to make a markdown table or X, Y, and Z and tell it to remove columns and add this and that. So I, I have been using it with my sheet, um, mainly because I didn't have GPT-4 in the sheet initially. And the, the sheet was limited to when it calls from the API, it times out. So GPT-4 is quite slow compared to Turbo, um, which was chat, the original chat GPT. And um, when you, in the sheet, it times out after 20 or 30 seconds. So when we started generating full blog posts in the sheet, it would get errors. So um, yeah, so I've had to move away from the sheet because it's just limited what we can do um, 
yeah, so that's that's why I still use Chat GPT, but there's no other other writing tools. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And the we won't I haven't used the the elusive product that you, we talked about off offline. So I haven't used it, so I won't make yeah. fun of it yeah. um directly. But when I looked at it, I thought exactly what you're saying. Um and basically it looks like maybe it just sits on top of the chat interface and it's yeah. the same thing. And I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Like people have a good sales page. They partner with a couple of good affiliates and then they make a shitload of money and, you know, people have some lifetime deal to some product that may or may not be good. Um, yeah. wh what's your take? Do you think it was just good marketing? Um, I think it's a combination. We all need, we all need good marketing, but, um, it, it connects to the internet, that specific tool. And, um, I think that the biggest pet peeve with people and AI is the the lies it tells. So anything to kind of to speed up or to to cure the laziness of humans, we want factual AI content. So that's it's kind of a happy medium to get that. Um, but now with ChatGPT having plugins and stuff, it, and there are a few things that allow it to connect to the internet, and there are some other tools. There are some some free tools that do that, but yeah, it's. We like people like tools. We like shiny object syndrome. <laughs> we like AppSumo because it keeps throwing these new tools in our faces. But yeah, um, yeah. But I, I'm I'm staying away from new tools. Okay, staying away. Do you um, do you buy stuff on AppSumo that you shouldn't buy? No, not anymore. I'm cured. <laughs> I, I've actually yeah. tweeted about it. I've said um, because I've I've promoted it. It is it's a good place. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash it. But what happens is. You do end up looking for things to solve your problems and, and then that just takes you away from what you should be doing. So it's, you're trying to be more productive finding things, but you're not. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I, I stay away from that. I don't know. I'll, um, I'm usually not confrontational, but it's like the afternoon time frame, and I feel, I don't know, cranky or something <laughs> like that. So <laughs> I, I'll say, I'll, I'll tell people just stay away from AppSumo. Like, don't do it. If people are promoting it, they're an affiliate somehow. Trust me. Like, go go check. Um, but buy, buy only buy stuff that you need to buy to solve the problem that you have at that time. Don't buy something to solve future problems that you might have. <laughs> I, I had a uh, actually, he's not. He wasn't a friend. It was, it was an acquaintance, and he would he had like a full set of products that he could run a, a wonderful <laughs> business but it was, yeah it was like webinar software email software yeah. email deliverability software copywriting <laughs> courses um webinar software some other thing yeah so he had like the full package lifetime deals um and he, yeah <laughs> he was really good at buying stuff but he was a very bad yeah. implementer so anyway we can move on tell us what <laughs> what does your sheet do for people that haven't checked it out? The real question is, what doesn't it do? <laughs> um, cheesy, cheesy marketing pitch. Um, no, it it does it does everything. So everything that you could do in in ChatGPT, it does scale. So um, that's what I kind of tweet about: just doing X, Y, Z at scale. Um, and yes, so you can like, let's say you take a list of keywords and then you've got multiple columns. You, you might want to find, um, I won't say additional keywords because you want to do data driven keywords, but you can find additional keywords with a prompt. It has a set of, it has its own, um, built in prompts and then you've got custom prompts that you can customize. Um, but yeah, you can generate, um, outlines for your blog posts using GPT-4, GPT-3.5 or, um, DaVinci. You can generate um, the entire blog post using the first draft generator. You can generate um, tags, everything. There's, there's not much you can't do. And then on the other side of that, I've been exploring with um, generating um, tweets and threads at scale. So anything that you would tell ChatGPT to do, you can do in the sheet, but for all your different queries. Um, I've made eBooks from it because um, what I'd do is I'd put, in, in um, chat GPT, I'll tell it to make me a table and then copy that table into, um, into my tool, into the bulk publishing sheet. And then 
I would um, tell it to expand on each of those. And then when you put that into Canva, you can turn, you can use the bulk create tool now. And so you design your pages, how you want your page to look and then import those rows. And then each of those is a page. So I've made several eBooks for my different niche sites, um, from the sheet and with Canva. So I've been telling people all about those little hacks that you can do. Um, I think most people come to it to make blog content at scale, but then with it, you've got a suite. There, there, there's a suite of things, a suite of tools, essentially. Um, you can do anything, anything for your, your online marketing you can do with it. Okay. The, the core piece though, the original was to write blog posts or some kind of longer form content, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you were able to easily adapt it to other types of content, whether it was like social yeah. media, short form or like longer form eBooks. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So that sounds great, right? Like I've been talking about chat GPT being sort of the differentiator for AI. And that's when I was able to actually use it for something useful and not waste yeah. a bunch of time. So how do you keep the quality high while doing things at scale? Because let's say I'm uh, so, sort of new. I've been maybe blogging for a year or two. Maybe I'm earning a little bit of money and I can see that this, this is working and I like what I'm, I'm doing. If yeah. someone just gave me, uh, say, unlimited budget and I had great writers, but I was getting like, a th say, a thousand articles a month. I would probably have a hard time dealing with that. So how do you, e even if I yeah. know that it's high quality, so how do you ensure high quality at scale? And let's just focus on blog posts for the sake of keeping it yeah. simple. So it's going to come down to um, your prompts initially. So your prompts are what gets the the good content, the best content you can get from the AI to begin with. So you don't want basic prompts. They're going to give you the basic output. And they're going to have things like by doing this X, Y, Z, which um, ChatGPT and AI always does. So you've really got to work on your prompts and what that, what you are allowed to do is create prompts for every, every little thing that you do. And I think that's one of the reasons it passes GPT detection all the time is because you've got these different elements that add together. So when your prompts are telling it to do this in this style and that in that style, there's no, um, I won't say there's no uniform, but there's no, there's no repetition with that because they're completely different calls to different things. Um, but then you, you still can't skip the editing stage. So what I've been doing to, to scale is not just scaling the content. I've been scaling the team as well. So now I don't hire writers, but I hire editors that I can train to edit the content to my standard. So I've got this, this I've got a long document. Um, called my, my AI amelioration checklist. And they go through that and they focus on the formatting, um, the actual writing, the editing, the introductions. Um, and they're really trained to make it more, um, conversational, more personal, more human. So I just tell them to just relax and talk as if they're talking to a friend, but no text speak, um, check everything over. And, um, and then they can come, they can add the, uh, the um, external links and internal links and stuff like that. So yeah, just really keep into the outline and improving the outline as I go, as I get like, more information on the sites. Have you been able to write a prompt that will reduce the, like, the transitional phrases that you described earlier that are just kind of filler, right? We kind of would want that out even if we had a human writer doing it. But yeah, what kind of uh, prompts or further instructions to just minimize the amount that actually gets drafted before your editors get to it? Yeah, so so the prompts are my secret source. I mean, once you get once you've got the sheet, you can see some of the basic ways that I do it. But I do talk about that in um, in the document about how to um, how what you how you need to talk to it to get the best out of it. Um, but just some, some examples would be, um, just, I think you need to, you need to know some linguistic, um, like things to be able to tell it, okay, right in elegant prose or things like that. So you don't, I don't, I, you don't have to know them, but you can do some research on different writing styles 
um, and talk to it. So just tell it to do that. Um, and also telling it to imagine a scenario where this is what's happening. Um, you, when, when you play around with it in Playground and in ChatGPT, you can see the difference in quality. So if you tell it, write a blog post about X or um, you are, tell it what it is. So you are an SEO content writer who specializes in this and um, imagine a scenario where you had to write about. I do, I do crazy stuff with it. I just play around with it and I, I tell it things like, um, imagine you're being graded on the quality <laughs> of this and that. Um, and it, and it does better. It, it knows it, it digs deep into its, um, its binary and, and figures out what it has to do to pass the test. <laughs> so, okay. um, just really getting creative with it. Yeah. All right. And so you don't want to share too much. <laughs> My exact that's your secret. Prompt, yeah. Okay. Well, then <laughs> yeah. I'll say I, I'm coming from a different angle and I share the prompt stuff because yeah. I think, um, maybe my, I have a little bit of a software background and the engineering background and the way that I'm like trying to share information. It sort of, it fits in. So I share yeah. all my prompts and stuff and I like yeah. share the reasoning and I respect if you want to keep it private, I don't really care. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but if people want to download my cheat sheet, it's free. I'll put a link in there. I have a shitload of videos. I talk about prompt engineering and it's exactly what you're talking about where it's like, you are an SEO expert. You have a blog yeah. on digital cameras. You're really obsessed with whatever macro photography and prime lenses. And you yeah. write in short sentences. You don't have filler words. You get straight to the point. You tell jokes, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> and you could even give it a sample of, let's say you really like the writing of Seth Godin. You can go check out a bunch of Seth Godin's blogs, put it in and say, I love the way this is written, write like Seth Godin, and then you have it. And it won't, most likely it won't put in the, you know, the filler stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the other part is you, you can train it there. I think they try to control this, but if you go search for like jailbreaks for ChatGPT, mm. you could find some stuff where like I've been able to get it to cuss and to tell uh, more sarcastic jokes, which they kind of, they want to throttle that down. Have you played with that to get it to sort of unlock and do more? Dan, is it called Dan, the jailbreaks? Yeah, there's quite a few. They they keep patching things up, but yeah, right. you can, yeah, you can get, you, just just telling it that what it is and what it isn't, it <laughs> it folds in on itself. So um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite easy. There's a lot out there, but with regards to prompts, there, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So you've been able to hire editors. So back to the original question. So you hire editors. So you're doing this at scale. So instead of hiring writers, you're spending the effort and capital and resources on the editing. So can you give us any yeah. tips on, you know, what instructions you give the editors? You hit the highlights yeah. before, but anything more specific where if someone's yeah, doing it themselves... Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sure. give away this sheet soon anyway. Um I just need to clean it up cuz it's got like lots of my uh, my specific blog examples. Um but we go over um writing and rephrasing and editing and fact checking and then formatting. And then there's um special instructions for product focus posts cuz there's there's a whole different just different things you need to do when it comes to pros and cons. And um special instructions for the di the different tools because there's a bunch of chrome extensions that you can add to chat gpt that now i don't know if you've played around with with that and then prompt tips so once you if you're just using chat gpt and you've got your it's giving you back the content there are things you can get it to expand on you can get it to rephrase things if you don't like the tone of it um you can just keep iterating and telling it to go into more depth or switching up the rhythm, switching up the tone, um, ensuring that each sentence has its own kind of code or, like, you know, just to make sure they're different and it doesn't have that pattern. Cause I think that's the the main thing is people don't want even though AI is okay now, people don't want their content to be detectable overall or down the line. So, um, yeah, so there's like four main sections and they have to 
check off each of these things, make sure they've covered that. Um, and this is more for when they're editing it on, on the website. So it's, it's more on page SEO, um, not just the AI content, but just the general feel and look of the, the, the article. It should never look like AI. It should never look copy and pasted. Um, another thing you can do in chat GPT specifically is telling it to write in markdown. So then you can copy and paste it. You can tell it to write and put the headings in to bold key phrases. All of these things speed up your editing because if you're copying the plain text, you have to go make things headings, space things out, uh, make it more readable. So you can just tell it, make this more, uh, increase the readability, make it, make it more human friendly. And it will do that. So that's chat GPT is good for formatting. Right. And that's something I know it could do markdown, which if people aren't familiar, it's sort of a, a text-based uh, formatting. Uh, well, it's a markdown it's language. The so opposite of a, markup. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. So, so markup will put it in HTML and then markdown just makes it copy, copy and paste and it. What you see is what you, what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's different than that because, you know, it would put like, if you have a subheading that we're getting into the details, but maybe I misunderstood, <laughs> it would have like, um, two pound marks, right? Like a two hashtags and that's like a subheading two, right? So yeah, it doesn't do it though. It, it does it. It just does it for you. So when I, if I do it in my, in the sheet, it will do those, um, hashtags, um, because it's it can't do that it can't but in ChatGPT in the actual interface it can show you it in actual markdown so it will do a bolded heading and it will do all of those things yeah so um yeah but if it was if it was just plain text it would have to do hash hash and yeah okay got it so depending <laughs> on what you're doing you can google this and figure it out so <laughs> like one way or another because depending on what you're working on you may want it to show show it yeah. actually formatted or just the markdown language, but it depends on what you're copying and pasting into, but that's the details yeah. that don't matter too much. Okay, cool. So what issues or uh, sort of mistakes have you made when trying to create your, either the sheet working with the developer or now moving to the plugin? Hmm. I don't think I've, I don't think I've run into any issue. The only thing would be what I mentioned with the timeout. So I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know Google Sheets would have its own uh, limitations. So I've had to now make the plugin and make the web app because of that, because there's only so much you can do. Also, okay, one issue is um, the, the the scammers or the pirates or whatever you call it. They um, I, I had a chargeback the other day, so I think... Um, people, someone had, I don't know if, if it was the person who just claimed it was a fraudulent transaction and then got their money back because they'd been through the course and everything, but it could have been that they used the stolen card to get the, um, to get the content and then put it on one of those sites because it has shown up on those, on those sites. So I had someone doing DCMA takedowns, but I didn't want to spend too much energy and effort on that. I just, just got back to work really. Yeah. Those are the yeah, the DCMA takedowns, like if you if someone creates a digital product, um, almost immediately your product will be available on pirated sites. So like mine was and you know, it's you feel terrible, right? You get the sinking <laughs> feeling, you're like, Oh, I worked so yeah. hard. Now people are just getting it for free. It turns out, and I, I probably I think we exchanged emails, but we haven't talked about it. It doesn't matter. You could just ignore that. Uh, yeah. It happens to like the biggest creators with like l teams of lawyers that are earning whatever, yeah. uh, $100 million a year or something. So like you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And yeah. it turns out anyone that downloads your stuff for free was not going to be your customer. And if they were, you don't want to deal with them anyway. So I could yeah. do that. <laughs> so it literally doesn't matter. You could literally just ignore it. And Just the big thing, mm -hmm. probably for you and I, like we would provide good customer service. So if someone has an issue, we would actually email them, maybe have a call, whatever it takes to make sure that they understand whatever it is they're working on. And if they pirate it, and actually this happened, someone pirate, well, they got it, they downloaded one of my courses, 
they started asking questions and I was like, hey, I don't have a record of you being a customer. And they were like, oh yeah, I downloaded it from this site. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you any support. I blocked them and then, you yeah. know, I stopped answering their questions. So it, <laughs> the, the value is in like being able to interact with us most likely. Yeah, no, definitely. I've, got, I've had a crazy amount of support. I've met so many amazing people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's overall, I, I don't, there's, there's nothing I would change about it, but I have had those emails because it, because it was a Google sheet. I, I changed the sheet almost weekly. Um, but there's somebody from the very beginning who, who pirated it in the very beginning. They've got a very old version of the sheet that doesn't have anything on it. And it also, it's also the sharing is turned off. So it says, please, please head over to your Gumroad dashboard and get the new sheet. And every so often, somebody's obviously bought that somewhere and then they, they come and they request to access the sheet. And then I, I email them and I, I, I respond back. I've got a copy and paste response. And it just basically says you're going to have to go back to the person you bought it from. Um, <laughs> but it's so cheeky that they'll request access to it after they've. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing. So like if you have a course, you'll get emails from people that say, hey, we could help you by getting these taken down. And then they'll yeah, request a fee. And you know what a really great business model for scammers would be? Is to get our stuff, pirate it, and then send us an email and so that they can get it taken down. So like yeah. I immediately <laughs> get rid... I mean, I'm sure there's some legit companies that help out filing DMCA or DCMA. I don't know what it is. DCMA, yeah. Yeah, DCMAs. And they... I just delete them now because like I said, it turns out like it's it's not going to do any good. Like it'll just get pirated again. So, um, from a software perspective, did you have any trouble telling the developer what you wanted from a requirement standpoint? So, you're like, I need it to do this and I want to provide this input and get this output. Any issues with the developer? No, I've been, I've been on Upwork for a long time now, so I know what I need to give them up front and what questions I need to ask to ensure they can actually do it. I did have one person um, wasting my time, but it was a it was a different thing. It was an AI tool, but it was completely different. And um, they just kind of kept repeating the things that I said. I don't know what the game plan was because he, he knew he couldn't do it, but um, he kept repeating what I said back to him, and he and he gave me something he had already built, and it was. It was just such a mess, but um, I quick I knew I knew quickly that that wasn't that wasn't going to work. So I just just got my refund. Upwork is good like that; it, everything's kept in escrow. Um, but no, I just explain everything I need to explain, um, lay it all out. I even make mockups of what I want it to do or, or look like um, on the front end through Canva. And yes, and I've been quite lucky with who I've hired because they understand. And they're really professional and they, um, they, they send back what they, what they understand from what I've told them that in the developer terms, cause I'm not a developer. So I'm telling them things that I hope they can do. And then they, they kind of say, okay, I, what I understand is X, Y, Z. And I'm like, perfect. And then we, we go ahead with it. So got it. And then you said it's a plugin. So it's, it's a WordPress plugin or it's a browser extension. Yeah, too. So I've, the WordPress plugin will be done a lot sooner than the web, the, the web application. Yeah. So, um, yeah, WordPress plugin and then a web application because they do completely different things. Um, the, the web application is more like Google Sheet. So pretty much everything you can do in Google Sheet, you can do just without the limitation of the call, the API call. So it's not going to time out after 20 seconds. So, um, um, but the, plugin is just for blocks so in the web app you'll be able to do everything you need to do for um, your tweets and all of that stuff and then export it as a csv but with the the plugin is just to generate blog posts and then send those first drafts straight to wordpress so there's no middle application where before we were using um wp all import so now it's just the plugin and you do everything in there okay and have you found it challenging with all the changes? So that that sort of jumps out to me. So you started in Sheets, 
there were some limitations. Now you're looking at uh, timeout issues with GPT-4. So is is that hard to keep up and like keep the customers up to date on what you're working on and what the latest is and how to use it? No, not really. Um, I, I love it. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but every time there's there's new things or there's a new there's new changes, it's fun because I know it just it means that at the end of it, I'll be able to create better content at scale, which is is what I want to do, and I and I've just been able to. To scale my whole operation with that, um, hire people, train people. And, um, I like, I just like where it's going, to be honest. Um, but people, like I said, I've met so many really, really great people who they're honest with me about their struggles and, and what would be better with it. Um, I don't take anything personal. So if they say, okay, this isn't working, this, I just have to keep finding ways to, to work, work around it. So. Um, initially I wasn't doing this whole first draft thing. I wasn't getting it to do that because I was using it. Um, as I said before, like a, a programmatic SEO where everything was broken up. So it would be, um, this product, um, versus that product. And there'd be chunks of text. And then, um, I think people were running into issues. It was more complicated for beginners than I, than I thought. So when they were trying to make their, um, a, an entire blog post, they had to split the outline into an array and then generate uh, paragraphs for each of those headings. But then some headings don't have the keyword in them. So it, it could just be like, it could say something like system settings and it doesn't know what you're talking about. So it would start talking about just some random settings. So, um, so that was the first um, roadblock I ran into because people were splitting their content and then it was generating junk that didn't relate to the article. And then I had to figure out a way to make it make sense. And then I started doing prompt data cells that didn't exist before. And that's just me um, using concatenate to group the title, the keyword, your research data, putting that all in one cell and then feeding that to the AI. So now it has all of this information and it knows what to do with it. So that was birthed out of not out of something not working. So that's why I like. I like when I have those problems, I have to figure out what to do because it makes it better overall. Can you talk about the maybe like opportunity cost of you spending time developing the tool and then marketing it and then adapting and selling it and then creating the plugin and the web app versus you could have continued to publish on the site that you published so much on, right? You front loaded it. It's 13 months old, and I would say you at least spent a good chunk of time, like, you know, marketing and creating the product. So, yeah, yeah talk about the opportunity cost there. A lot of time I've spent, I've spent so much time on this. Um, but like I said, I've, I've got my, because I've stopped working on the other sites, and it was, there was so much I wasn't doing. So, when I was doing the income reports on my site, I was documenting things that I weren't, I weren't touching. I just didn't have the time to, to do anything on them anyway. So I had already started hiring VAs to help me with that stuff. So when, by the time I started making the tool and doing the marketing, I already had my process and it take, it could take me a day to publish 60 articles. So I'm, I'm way ahead when I'm doing things like that. So I'd publish 60 articles in a cluster. And then my VA already knows what we need to do. So she'll go in and edit it. Um, and that could, that's, you know, most people aren't publishing 60 articles in a day. So if I do that in one day and then I work on this other thing for five days, it's, I'm, I'm getting more done than I would have been getting done without, without the tool. So, um, yeah. So that's, I, I guess that's my way of, um, of rationalizing it. Just the fact that I could publish so much and then. Yeah. Leave it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely justified it there. Um, so, but, which I, I mean, I, off, off um, some of our recordings, I encourage you heavily to do your own products. So this is great. But, yeah. right, the obvious question is like, okay, you did, you could do 60 articles in a day. What if you did that five days a week or whatever? I don't, I don't know how long it took to put together the material. But the thing is, instead of how much content do you have on that site that's thirteen months old? Twelve, twelve hundred. Yeah. So maybe you would have thirty six hundred articles there 
right now. Yeah. So the thing is, I do right? care about the quality as well. So yeah. So I, I had planned out my year in um, each for what I do each quarter with that site because that is my main project. That's the site that I've mentioned. That I want to do. There are a bunch of things I can do with it. So my plan was to front load the content and then go through and edit it. And because I'm doing YouTube with it, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. It's got infographics. I've done the digital product. So all the other stuff that make it a brand, that's kind of what I, I stress to people as well. So what the bulk publishing allows you to do is um, feed the content machine. So we need to add content to our site. But once you've figured out a process to do that, there are other things that you need to focus on. So I want to be doing my eat building and stuff. So I planned to <laughs> eat building. I planned to publish a bunch of content, do the other things I needed to do. So the branding and building, there's a tool I built on it that's doing, it's doing so well. Um, that's an, that's an AI tool. But um, yes, yeah, so, so to do all those other things and then in Q3, I plan to do the Horo. So I was training my virtual assistants on your course. Um, so do the Horo link building and then go back to publishing. So just go in cycles. So I'm not just publishing content and then not doing the internal linking and all the, the on-page things. Um, I don't want it to reduce the quality. I want, to, I want the uh, RPMs to keep increasing. I want um, people to come back. I want to get um, backlinks naturally. So yeah, so it was more. It was more than just publishing the content. But yeah, yeah. You want it all. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, I I'll I'll press one one more time just for an interesting conversation. Again, I lo love the tool. Your own products. Yeah. It's digital. That's what a lot of us should be doing. Um, I know you. Basically, the opportunity cost is like it, it is huge because you you could have spent it um, ensuring quality, doing all the right things, but still just doing more. We can't do everything at once, like no. with the same level of effort. So, and you're you know, you have a family, you have other stuff to do, and other things that you need to spend your time on. Um, but it's yeah. cool because you found a great balance where you're learning new stuff. You're getting challenged. You are, I guess, not just learning, but you're like implementing. So, like, you run into a problem. You have to work with the developer. You have to, you know, sell the product. You have to, you know, do more and more. But it keeps it extremely yeah. interesting, so that you don't get. You're, I mean, you're not going to get bored at all. No, no, no time soon. Um, I really, I really love this, 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 um, this space and everything that I'm able to do in it, and um. I've been I've been doing so many different things over the years, so I feel like this has allowed me to do all of those skills that I've that I've acquired over the years. I get to kind of throw them all in one, and no two days are the same. And I really I really do appreciate that. But yeah, opportunity cost wise, given the the cost of the the course and the tool, it would from a business standpoint, it would make more sense to just focus on that and not do the size, but. I enjoy the sites too, and the sites are individually they're they're their own businesses, um, and I'm all about diversification. I've got a ridiculous mm. amount of online streams at this point, and I love that. I just love not not one thing having power. So if something shuts down tomorrow, we don't know what's going on with AI or how long things are going to be this way. So I'd be losing an opportunity by sleeping on it and not doing anything with it. And right. again, AI has just changed so fast. So I could have had that idea, left it, and someone else did it, and then the time passed. So, right, yeah, it's and, making the most of the time. You know, the other thing is, I see a lot of tools that you know, hopefully yours won't be one of them. But there's a lot of tools that are going to be like obsolete in like whatever yeah. three months because all this is going to be integrated in a Google suite of products. You know, Docs, yeah. Sheets, whatever. Uh, not exactly what you're doing, but there's going to be a lot of integration. It's going to be in Gmail. It's going to yeah. be in the full MS Office suite as well. So there's For a sure. lot of tools that just lay on top and do some kind of, you know, just very simple um, layer to access GPT in yeah. some capacity. And those are just going to be useless in whatever, yeah. a few months. Well, they already are. I mean, people know... You know, when you're paying a certain amount a month, you know how cheap the tokens are. So 
I don't, I don't know who the customer is for those tools at, at this point. I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay for now because, <clears throat> because most tools aren't doing, they're not, it's the scale thing. I've got that, that whole mm-hmm. at scale thing. <laughs> I don't right. know how long that, that's a thing for, but while it, while it, I think people also want to be able to get in now and make as much content as they can. And loads of people are, um, building multiple sites. So I know I, quite a few of my customers are agencies. So they've already got their whole business plan. They're just making more content with my tool. And then there are other people who have just bought a bunch of new sites to t- test. So you get to do more SEO testing you can do on this site. You can just buy a bunch of Fiverr links and see what happens to it. You've got 500 articles on that site. You can do, you can just try different things. Um, and I think a lot of people do want to do that and, and have that flexibility. So for now, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. The plugin is, is going to be, it's, it's going to help it live a bit longer. And so are agencies using your products and then selling it as just like content? I don't know what they're doing with it. I'm not going to, um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with it. I just noticed that a lot of, um, a lot of the, uh, emails were agencies. A lot of the people that signed up were agencies and that's some, yeah, some interesting companies. Um, so it, it does make me wonder, but. It's good. It, it made me want to start an agency as well. No, no, that's, that's even it. worse. Yeah. Don't start no, an agency. Not. <laughs> and tell me off the record what jokers are doing this because number one, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, basically, I, I don't, um, I haven't been actively promoting any agencies recently. It's t- I mean, the quality is bad. So what I hear back yeah. and they're like, ah, I'm having trouble with this agency. It's pretty much across the board. Like none of them are that yeah. good. Even the ones the that charge a lot. Great. It's yeah, yeah. So anyway, they're I've never AI. I've never hired any <laughs> Well, I don't there's no there's no noticeable like companies that you might be thinking of. It's just that you I mean, they've reached out to me and they've said I run an agency and XYZ. Sure. But um um and another another agency wanted to actually get me to train their team to train VA. It was it was crazy. It was a it was a whole thing. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is with it was before ai but I, i've had agencies try to hire me to train their team or whatever and uh you know that's at that point it's like corporate training it's like very mm. expensive to to do um but yeah, course, i don't want to do that kind of thing so yeah um, yeah well it's that was uh, me as well i was by it is it, it was going back and forth because um i spoke to my brother about the whole deal we went back and forth like breaking things up because he's my he's my sounding board when it comes to logic and everything i go over to him but um yeah so he broke everything down and um this the price i was like even though this would be good money i don't want to do it i just i it really the thought of the person agreeing to that just i just didn't want to do it so right i like just sitting behind my computer and opening it whenever i want to and you know that not having to yeah okay well we'll shift gears i know it's starting to get late there and we need to wrap it up so anything else on uh the plugin or the i guess web app is the implementation anything else you want to mention before we we shift i have another topic to cover too um yeah well i'm doing a bunch of case studies with it so once the plugin is launched um, it's in, it's, it's going to be, it's not started. I've got um, a team of beta testers. Um, once it's launched, it's going to be, um, a license base. So one site, five site, 25 sites or agency, um, whichever works best. Um, but once it's launched, I'm going to, I'll do a bunch of marketing and then I'm going to disappear. So I'm going to do as much as I can to, you know, do FAQs of re- redesigning the, the, um, the landing page as a proper landing page, not me just throwing things around in Elementor, um, a bunch of training videos, um, and then I'll be able to show those sites that I'm, you know, demonstrating on. So that will be a fun, fun bit of content. It's really straightforward. It's really easy to use. So yeah, I'm going to launch it and then turn my devices off and then um, probably take a holiday and um, just relax for a bit. But I think it's well overdue. Yeah. 
Okay. So I don't know when this is going to go live. So I'll put links as appropriate. If we have any idea on dates or anything like that, we'll note it in there. But at this point in time, I don't know when this is going live. You don't know when you're going to launch, but we'll note it whatever we can at the time that it goes live. So, yeah. Okay. And coming up fairly soon is affiliate gathering, right? And you're going to that. Yeah. So are you, what, what's your role there? What are you going to be doing? I'm, I'm a speaker. I've not, I've not really had time to, to practice my, my, <laughs> my thing, but I know, I know the the gist of what I'm, I'm going to be talking about. Um, Carl approached me before I had put this together. So, um, I'm not, I'm not really, I didn't really want it to be a marketing pitch anyway. So I'm just talking about growth hacking in general. Um, but yeah, that's going to be fun. So it's quite scary, but it's going to be fun. How many people? I, I don't know how many people are there this time. I'm not sure what it was last time. Five, six hundred probably, or five to eight hundred, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. I don't cool. know. This is much. So you're going to talk growth hacking. So do you, you know what you're yeah. going to say, but you haven't got to practice? The last time we talked, you were like, I'm going to practice a bunch, but then you got busy, huh? Yeah, I got I got really busy. <laughs> um I know I know what um yeah, I know that I know the story that I that I'm going with. Um yeah. I think it's relevant. I think it's relevant for for everything. So it's not just about AI. Um with growth hacking it's like I don't want to give my whole my whole um, speech sure, sure. away, but it's yeah, just in general how things change like I just mentioned about building the tool when I could have just focused on what I was doing or just using the tool while nobody else knew about bulk publishing. Um, but the opportunity, the opportunities that come up and like when you take those opportunities, understanding that things can change at any time and algorithms change, not just on the computer, just life algorithms change the way we do things. So, um, when you find that opportunity to, to do something, just w- knowing when to double down um, and when to adapt and, and things like that. So with our, our online businesses, there are there are many ways that we can grow hack and make the most of our own time. Um, I mentioned before when I was at the, the affiliate gathering, I was on the Q&A panel and I was talking about hiring the virtual assistant. And even if you're not earning a crazy amount, once you decide how much your hour is, is worth to you, you start to find ways to, you know, make your time, your time is valuable. So making that hour count and hire, hire someone if it means that you get to save that hour and you can do something more valuable with that time. So I've got three children. There are, there's always something better I could be doing with some of the, the time that I spend. Um, so yeah, so growth hacking is just all about making the most of your life, I guess. Awesome. Cool. Well, it should be fun. I'm not going to be going to affiliate gathering this year, but it sounds like a blast and I'm sure you'll do great. Sounds like a lot of fun. And why why are you not coming? Why I have other travel plans? So there's we're doing some other travel this year. Okay. And we're yeah, we're kind of ramping up to do some slow travel. And we have a dog we like to travel with. Um so yeah. I thought about going this time around and declined to speak. Um, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. Yeah, it should be fun. Looks like a a, a cool event. The one thing, uh, scheduling-wise, I do see like there, the one day has like the most of the stuff going on, right? Yeah, it should be. We did want it to be over two days. I think last last year, everybody said, "Oh, it should be over two days next time." Um, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I know I arrive. I think I arrived the day before anyway, and then go back the day after. I can't remember, but um, I think I don't know if the fringe the fringe events are the night before, and then so that's it's kind of like two days because the fringe events are where everybody meets and 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 you know forms their friendships and you match your online friends and stuff and then the next day is the actual affiliate gathering so it's kind of like a two-day event but yeah most yeah. of the workshops and things are, are in the one day yeah that is the exact sort of issue with the scheduling i see 
is, yeah. um, and I haven't done, I mean, I've never scheduled one of these. And I mean, the issue is they would have to pay for the spot for multiple days. And then that would, that kills the margin basically. Yeah. So or, I or it makes it tickets more expensive. And then, yeah, it's not, exactly. not as doable for everyone. But the issue is uh, the fringe events on the day before. So if you have to speak, like you basically have to either leave early or you're going to be, you know, very tired the next day. So yeah, Sean, <laughs> Sean Mars, he was up, he was up. Um, I didn't go to Alex's event last time. I didn't know. So me and my sister were, were sat <laughs> in the, in the hotel bar. And, um, I didn't know that Alex's event, we thought we were too late. And then Alex's event was still going on until like, I don't know, early into the morning. And, um, so Sean was just, he was just messed up the next day, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had to get my rest. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you're going to speak, you know, you have to protect your voice yeah. if you have to talk yeah. for 40 minutes. Or <laughs> so, okay, cool. It'll be awesome. And I'll be excited to, uh, you know, hear how it went. Online. And yeah. yeah, so where, where should people find you, Ariel? Um, just Twitter, really. Twitter, um, at Ariel CPX. Cool. Yeah, that's where right. I am. We'll link up and we'll link up to the previous interviews that we've done over the, you know, past year and some change. There's a bunch of them out there, which I think that's a pretty good growth hacking move is to get on someone else's channel for a long-term situation. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also, I'll give you um, a free license that you can give away as well once the once the plugin is out. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll link up for that and that'll be uh, available for a very short time. And I'm not sure, I'll, I'll put instructions in the show notes. All right. So everyone will put instructions in the show notes. <laughs>